Welcome, boils and ghouls, to Handle Whisker. We are a horror podcast presented by the Slashing Cast Network discussing horror movies and the phobias they emphasize. Love may be in the air, but these sexual encounters that we're going to be diving into all month long this February will leave you trembling in fear. So throughout the month, we will be discussing genophobia movies, which is the fear of sexual intercourse. And, uh, you know, I, I could not think of a more fitting movie than by, honestly, the one that kind of started it all. I'm talking David Cronenberg's Shivers, released in 1975, which was his first feature film and Holly, you know, you and I, we have talked uh, Rabbit. We've talked the remake of Rabbit by the Saucer Sisters. We did Videodrome. And now we are uh, turning back the clock a little bit to talk about his first, first feature. And, it, you know, you kind of get to see him trying out all of these different things. And I wouldn't necessarily say that all of them stuck, but this is Cronenberg just throwing shit at the fan. And the entertainment value that you get, not just because of the smut involved with Shivers, uh, but just because it's just completely different in regards to, like, the zombie craze that was happening after Night of the Living Dead. You know, you have, you have like, the, the psychosexual aspect, the things that, you know, were, like, central to Cronenberg. You have body horror, you have all of these different things already compiled into this so you really get a taste of what is to come for Cronenberg here. Yeah, that was a I really enjoyed this movie. I I'd seen I've seen it like at least 5 times and it's not one of the more um I grotesque eye-catching ones, but uh, every time I see it, you know, it does give you the shivers cuz it's so creepy. How about you, John? Did you like it? I liked it. It's, I, I'm a big Cronenberg fan, but I have to admit that this was the first oh, time seeing the movie. Mm -hmm. ah, this was his first movie. Podcast. So, yeah, his first movie, which I didn't, I mean, I'd heard of it and didn't, you know, hadn't seen it. But, yeah, definitely. It, it was great. I, I liked it a lot. You can definitely see, you know, it, it occurred to me while watching it when you see these famous directors you go back and watch their first movie you can always see that they're a good director you know it's like even when they have no money it's still a good movie and i think yeah, uh, this cost him something like a hundred grand and it made five million so uh considered a success but <laughs> he did get really really he got one really bad review where i think the title of the review was uh Something about how, like, you should know how bad this movie is because, after all, you paid for it because it was funded by, like, the, you know, the the, the government money through the, the, the Canadian uh, cinema that was emerging at the time. So that was, that was pretty fun. <laughs> really shitty of them. Yeah, suck on that. You made fun of Cronenberg. I mean, I just think this, this critic probably is kicking himself still to this day. That's all I'm saying. I mean, maybe, but at the end of the day, here you have Shivers being shot on a 15-day schedule. Uh, and this was filmed... Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, this was filmed on Nuns Island, which is off of Montreal, Canada. And the cast and the crew, they were living in the complex during the filming of this movie. And, you know, there, there's some really interesting tidbits about this. So when you see Nurse Forsyth stabbing a man with the dinner fork, it's actually Cronenberg in that shot. Uh, and he was actually wearing <laughs> yeah. a pad, uh, but, but the nurse it. actually missed the pad. And Cronenberg <laughs> still has that scar from the incident uh, to this day. Uh, outside of that, you know, we also have Cronenberg making a cameo as one of the infected uh, residents during that very like claustrophobic hallway scene uh and you know as i said like this is cronenberg's first feature and it caused a lot of trouble in the canadian parliament when it was released in the 70s uh but at the same time it was made dirt cheap it ended up being canada's most profitable movie at the time but it's also the most controversial movie uh by canada's sake and the kids yeah and, and one of the <laughs> one of the things that i love about this movie is it is a time capsule. Cronenberg has gone on record uh, saying, like, he wanted to leave things as it was. He didn't want to, like, update the parasite with CG. He didn't want to pull a George Lucas. 
uh, to correct the film, you know, using modern technology, which, you know, I definitely appreciate, you know, just leave it how it was meant to be seen. Uh, but, you know, you have some other famous people that were attached to this. You had Joe Silver, uh, who would go on to voice the creep in Creepshow 2. Uh, you also had Wally Martin, who played Mr. Cloudhopper in Mr. Rogers' series. And Cronenberg had no idea that he, like, sullied uh, Mr. Rogers in this case. Uh, and, you know, this was also at a time where, like, Canada didn't really have a special effects industry when this movie was made. So, I, you know, they just, they had to make it work. There just wasn't a serious Canadian horror film made at that point in time. So, you know, you, you have to deal with the hand that you're given in this case. So, that's why not all of the, uh, the special effects are that fantastic because, it wasn't necessarily a thing that was present at the time. Yeah, they pretty much just had those, uh, what I'm guessing were probably tongue extenders that a lot put, they're putting them on the end of their tongue and pushing them out of their mouths. The, the, <laughs> the leeches. I, I think the, I heard somewhere that they had wires on either end of them or something and they would move them around that way. And, uh, what was the other one? They had a, a fake chest for that one guy and then like well something about a condom and some wire i don't know they they got inventive which is really funny that you say that at that point like you know the special effects you know sort of a team in canada wasn't that developed and then enter cronenberg because that's all he fucking does so it's kind of fun that uh you were saying that there was this big gap cronenberg shaped gap in canada and he definitely filled it yeah, that, the test effect was great. That was, you know, one of the, the big set pieces, I think, of the movie when he had all the uh, lungs moving around on his on his chest. And Cronenberg definitely has a thing for tumors and gross, mm -hmm. as I'm sure everyone knows. No. <laughs> uh, I thought it was really impressive. I sat, I sat there going, like, how do they do that? Because the dude was really skinny, right? And at one point, like, he, he pokes into his stomach. Like, this is early in the movie before you even see the stuff, right? Or the, the, the things kind of moving around. And you see how skinny he is because he kind of, like, pokes into his ribcage. And you're like, wow, that dude's real skinny. And then later you're like, how the fuck do you do that? So it was, it was neat. I dug it. <laughs> and, of course, everything is kind of, like, set in this backdrop of this luxurious high-rise known as the Starliner. Uh, and, you know, like, they, they basically set it up, like, on its own island. You know, downtown Montreal is only, you know, like, 12 minutes away. Uh, but, you know, you're on an island, so the noise of the city is pretty, you know, mute compared to what it would be if you were living in the city. But, you know, you have all the uh, the fixtures that you would need. You know, you have your breathtaking views. You have the, the fully equipped apartments. You have the heated swimming pool, the golf course, the tennis courts, you know, and uh, it's everything's there. You got restaurants, you got your general store, the boutique drugstore, dry cleaning, everything under the sun is here, <laughs> including dental and medical clinics. You know, everything just wrapped in a nice place. But, you know, it's, it's so funny that it's set here because, uh, you know, the, the major complaint that the residents have... Uh, has nothing to do with the amenities. It's the noise. Not from the city, but from the sex-crazed orgy that is happening throughout this movie. You know, because I just think, like, there's just a party going on, but, you know, it's just, it's getting ridiculous at that point. <laughs> Keep it down in there! Uh, you know, it was a super luxurious building, and they didn't, you know, soundproof anything. They didn't make the walls thick enough. They had to save money somewhere, so I get it. But, uh, I... That, that was a really creepy building. Even if everything went right in that building, the fact that it was, I don't know, hallways with no windows really creeped me out. I don't know about you guys. How do you guys feel about that? Can, no. Can do it. I haven't thought about that. <laughs> but, you know, I liked that, that. That was an interesting thing to kind of make such a big deal about the building and have that whole intro, the opening credit scene with... Joe, just talking about the amenities of the building, it was a big ad for the building. It went on for so long, and it was so detailed, <laughs> yeah. and it was just like, I was thinking, you know, like, they would never, you, they'd allow maybe half of this in a modern horror movie, but right. he really goes into it 
on this one. And I think that adds like a weird creepiness to it too, where it's this kind of like uh live your entire life inside the building, you know? Like Google Complex or like campus or something. <laughs> yeah. You can just stay there all the time and live and just live your entire life. And there was kind of a parallel. Like I kept thinking throughout the movie, um, you know, sex zombies. And it, it all of a sudden hit me that the building was kind of almost like the mall in Dawn of the Dead. And we have, you know, he's sort of making references to zombie movies, but sex zombies. <laughs> Which are the best kind of zombies, let's be real. Uh, uh, I Did you guys see the, there was this movie, I can't remember what it was called, is it like Critters or something? Or no, there was uh, an 80s movie, very, very 80s, and uh, it's these, you know, creature feature with uh, small creatures in an apartment building that's also so advanced that um, because the, you know, the, the power goes out, they can't get out even through the garage. And they're like, there's this weird scene. I mean, this isn't even the movie, this movie that I'm talking about. But there's this weird scene in this other movie where there's like a group of people hanging out in the gym. Mm-hmm. Like a bunch of buff guys and buff girls. <laughs> and and, then, and they can't even get out of the building. So it kind of reminded me of that too, which I think that look, that must have come out later because that was 80s and this was, what, 75? Yeah, 75. So um, that was... This too, maybe? What's that? Maybe Demons 2? Yes, that's what it was. Thank you. That's, a build- that's exactly you right. Realize that there's an entire genre of stuck-in-the-building horror movies where it's a, an apartment building, you know, or condo building instead of a house or a cabin. The whole, like, <laughs> city life can kill you. Like and uh, what's that? Poltergeist 3. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no. And then I was going to talk about Barbara Steele. How fucking rad was that? Like, at first I didn't think about it. And then later I was, um, as I was doing some research around the movie, you know, her name comes up and I was like, wait a minute. And then, of course, I go back because, you know, she's a little older in this movie. But, of course, you know, just the the horror movie beauty of black and white and forward. Pretty fucking rad, man, that we got to see her in this. So, and then she gets to, like, you know, have some sexy moments as well. So, that was neat. I enjoyed it. I mean, it's the majority of, of the movie is just... Sex at different moments, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, it's really funny because, like, during the initial like infomercial, uh, you know, as they're trying to shill you the high rise, it's like, am I watching a movie or is Cronenberg trying to sell me a timeshare? Look, I'm already buying, just tell me where to <laughs> sign and get on with the rest of the movie, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But of course, like, the core feature of this movie has to deal with these parasites. Uh, so you have like these parasitic leeches in shivers. Uh, who are turning these humans into these mindless, sex-crazed zombies. And, you know, they they crawl into bodies, uh, they take over the brain, causes them to basically vomit blood uh, before they fuck with reckless abandonment uh, for the rest of the movie, basically. Uh, but the, the reason behind the parasites, uh, you know, this was developed by man, of course, uh, Turns out it's man. Yeah, the man was from <laughs> all along. Who would have guessed? Uh, it was, you know, developed by a scientist uh, because man is an animal that thinks too much, an over-rational animal that's lost touch with its body and its instincts. And it's this combination of aphrodisiac and venereal disease uh, that is hopefully uh, going to turn the world into one a beautiful, a mindless orgy. And uh, you can kind of guess where things lead up because that is exactly how things pan out because there is a whole lot of fucking in this movie as soon as the parasite hits. All right, so I need a little bit of help. Okay. So um, there's a whole speech that one of the doctors gives mm-hmm. about uh, uh, this parasite and, and it wasn't that doctor who made it right it was the guy at the beginning of the movie that kills his daughter the one that was having sexual relations with the 14 year old uh, yeah, I, I don't think that was his daughter she was just in the uh, mem- it was sort of like that was I believe the doctor who created it at the very beginning the guy who killed himself by stabbing himself in the neck yes mm-hmm. 
But, but I think but she did experiments in the building, and she was just one of the neighbor girls. Oh, because, I mean, they mentioned that she's 19 at the time of the movie. However, the doctors start talking about, like, how he was, like, basically abusing her since she was, like, 12 or something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Oh, so, so yeah, if was, he infected her, then it might have been a, a little bit more around, along the lines of, like, his own pedophilia, like, trying to, you know, it's it's this whole, like, taboo thing about him, you know, he's a... He's a he's a scientist, but a pedophile, and he doesn't want to be a scientist no more. He wants to go back to just being raw animals because that's what he really wants us to roll around his pedophilia. And I'm gonna keep saying that word until it's uncomfortable for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you you look at this movie and abuse is extremely prevalent throughout oh, yeah. the entirety of the story. Whether it's marital abuse, whether it's women assaulting men, men assaulting other men, pedophilia. Uh, to, to different degrees, and one of the interesting things about the story is, you know, with the parasite, you know, you have all of these perversions already imbued in some of the characters, and once the parasites hit, it kind of levels the playing field, so I don't know if, like, the guy was just, like, trying to make the world as perverse as he was, that way he didn't feel... I don't know, as isolated just because of where he was currently at, knowing that he is living on an island. Or I vote for that one. if he just <laughs> if he was just doing whatever the fuck he wants because, you know, he's just looking for more people to, you know, hook up with. I don't know. It just it 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 always strikes me as a weird balance because, you know, you see the changes uh with each person on an individual level and not all of them are, you know, sex raised to begin with. Of course some of the guys right. already are, but you do see like that flip of the switch in everyone that a parasite comes into contact with. Mm-hmm. No, it, one of the things that kind of about the origin of the parasite and his the the scientist's idea of, you know, making everybody having a giant orgy, you know, I like. I really liked that introduction idea that the one friend of the main character of the doctor was saying, "Hey, like, there's this guy that's developing parasites that could replace one of your <laughs> organs, and like, the parasite would clean your blood instead of your kidney." And I thought that was really cool. And then it kind of shifted to the whole. Um, Turns out know, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's all about sex <laughs> thing. Um, but then that part kind of made me think about, you know, putting it in the time that it's in, in the, in the mid seventies, you know, after the sixties and the whole, uh, free love, mm-hmm. you know, generation right? and the end of that in 69, like as being a very, like now we're in the seventies and that whole world is not only over and done with, but kind of horrifying and we're scared Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got yeah. repercussions. Well, that happens. Mm-hmm. A lot. I mean, I feel like that's a pretty common theme um, in a lot of uh, '70s literature and movies in general. That whole like, oh, the flower flower children are turns out they were turns out it was a sex cult. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like I it, I can definitely see this movie being an answer to that, right? Well, you had the one girl who had slept around uh, the majority of the apartment complex, but she wasn't really looked down upon. Uh, by anyone in the building for that either. Well, because the people who knew were banging her, so... I mean, most of them. I mean, there was the gay couple as well. They were probably the only ones. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's right. Cronenberg is usually... The interesting thing is, you know, his other movies, he's good about explaining kind of his... Or his weird things like Videodrome. You know, he explains what's going on with that... And who's behind that? I was I did find it a bit weird with this movie. He doesn't quite explain it, and you know it's like, why is this scientist in there? Um, you know, it's just randomly experimenting on his neighbors instead of not in a lab somewhere. Especially considering Cronenberg's other movies where his characters are usually very science and lab oriented. You know, you have like the fly and he's got his lab and, um, you know, the, uh, the video drone and he, they've got their kind of like studio where they do things and broadcast from, I kind of did miss a little bit of maybe like why this guy was there. Uh, doing. Uh, 
But that's just a small complaint, you know. <laughs> Dear Mr. Cronenberg, <laughs> my name is John. <laughs> and, same, and I also have to put, same with, uh, I love uh, scanners. And that's a big one, too, where they really get into the whole organization and the conspiracy and why they're doing what they're doing and that kind of thing. Well, I would say a big, I'm just, of course, guessing, a big part of that's got to be that this was his first, you know, uh, directorial debut. Not that you get more than one debut, but this was his first movie, right? And, you know, you can see somebody developing their style over time. And uh, because even this movie, like I was saying before, like in comparison to the other body horror that we see from him, which is really over the top, very colorful, everything in a, you know, um, everything in his movies is just so over the top in a really fantastic way. And this one, it might have been the money. It might have been the the first time he's making a movie and taking advice from everyone because he was such a noob that everything was just seemed a little bit cleaner and sterile, which kind of plays into the whole check out our fabulous new apartment building. You know, it, you know, it all kind of works together very nicely, but uh, I'm willing to bet that it was just sort of developing his style. And then on top of that, you know, the money. Yeah. See so. for, for me, it's more the mindset of not everything was fleshed out, but you needed to have a mm-hmm. lot of flesh out, you know, that's, that's basically <laughs> what it was. Cause it was just great. A smut. Uh, but yeah, like that's, that's, that's not, that's not to say like there weren't some really unique shots in this movie. Like I really like the whole like barefoot stepping onto the broken glass bit, you know, you have some really awesome awesome scenes. And of course, like the, the, the bathtub scene is probably the most notorious scene uh, in the movie that that a lot of people think of. And yes, you know, like it's very obvious that there were movies that came out later in America that drew inspiration from this. Uh, sure. you know, Alien primarily being one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, just that, just that shot in the bathtub. You know, you you can think of uh, so many other variations of that sort of sequence that we saw later in America. Whether it was you know a Nightmare in Elm Street, you mentioned Slither earlier, mm-hmm. uh, as well. But all in all, you know, you you just have that level of perversion. And at the time, you know, exploitation wasn't super uncommon. But I I thought for a a feature debut that's an interesting area to tackle right out of the gate you know you know you're not trying to come out with something that's already been done and Mm -hmm. then you come out with this and then everyone's like what the fuck is this guy on (laughs) yeah oh go ahead i was just gonna say you know sex sells and Mm -hmm. i think uh it's a really economical way of taking people on an emotional roller coaster, right? I use the words emotional roller coaster way too much on the show, but that's how I feel about movies. But uh, yeah, really, uh, you know, how all of these things elicit such strong responses from people that it's a, it's a really good way to shock and, to, and horrify somebody if you don't have the cash. But you were saying something, John? Oh, I was saying, yeah, as a first movie and at that time in 1975, this is a crazy outlandish movie that I can't think of anything else that it even compares to really. Cause he, I mean, Cronenberg in a way only is, you know, kind of singular. He, you can't really compare his stuff to other people, but this movie, I mean, at the time it's completely incomparable. I could imagine why a lot of people may have reacted negatively to it because you know, you think you're going to get this sort of titillating thing. And the movie, in a lot of ways, literally looks and feels like a 70s porno. <laughs> and, but he's just like, you're not going to enjoy this sex. <laughs> There's going to be sex, but you're not going to like it. You're going to be sorry. <laughs> yeah, the the only other movie that I can think of off the top of my head uh, that you could kind of compare it to, which was released in... Uh, the 80s was Humanoids from the Deep. It's another very uh, rapey movie. Much like yeah. this one. Uh, both of them being very exploitive. That's a core <laughs> movie, right? I-, I believe. What was that, John? I missed that. Oh, is that a Roger? That's a Roger Corman movie. Yes. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay, definitely. I, I saw that a long time ago. Yeah. Similar type of movie. Although, not on the level of realism though, mm-hmm. that this movie has. This is has that level of realism where, you know, it, it you know, it's not all beautiful people. There's old people, uh-huh. you know, there's uh 
everybody involved. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, no, it's like, it's definitely not a Hollywood movie. It's yeah. a very grounded and realistic movie. Yeah, it's not a man in a rubber suit. Yeah. <laughs> and it was interesting because he definitely wanted to push the boundaries, but, you know, he knew the limits too. So he included the idea of, of kids being, you know, susceptible to this you know, horrifying world. But then, of course, you know, because, you know, that's pedophilia, like, oh, I said it again. Uh, you you got to restrain himself a little bit. So you got the elevator scene where... You see the transformation once the doors open again. And um, and then, like, the kids on some fucking leashes. I don't know what happened there, but it wasn't good. Yeah, it was an odd shot. Uh, I, I saw that, and I was like, hmm, okay. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite scenes uh, when we're talking about just... Um, a, a great scene that you can look at. I mean, of course, you got the swimming pool, but one of my favorite ones is after he realizes that Nurse Hottie is infected and she's trying to kiss him and and, she, and he gives him his little punch in the face, which, I mean, I just hate those little punches for, you know, for women. They're so misogynistic. We're like, let me just calm you down. And, uh, but anyway, that happens. And then he puts a um, a bandana or a piece of cloth across her mouth and, it's, and it immediately becomes stained, you know, with her blood or mm-hmm. with the blood of, both her and the parasite. And then he's like dragging her around and she's like this, you know, thin, you know, very um, uh, sort of a petite woman. And I don't know, like the visuals of that, I thought were so striking and cool. Like I really dug that. And I, and um, I, I'm, I'm hoping that it was super thought out because it worked out really great. Yeah. No, tied back to what the professor did mm-hmm. at the beginning when he put the tape over the girl's mouth after he, uh, yeah, you know, attacking her. That was a really cool scene too, man. That was uh, that was intense, and that was like it. it that that really sucks you, and that that was a really good beginning of the movie. Yeah, I, I gotta ask. Like, I mean, the odds of a horror, even an independent horror movie being made today, where it's like an old man attacking a preteen girl in like the first five minutes of the movie, it's like stuff you probably couldn't do today, or you know. It, wouldn't want to do unless you were really going to do it the right way you know it's it's a yeah i mean well there's that movie what do you got well i mean like there's there's been movies about like trafficking but they didn't Uh really actually show anything like what we actually saw in this movie like it tackles the subject but not really going into uh some of the more devious parts of that, uh, but one of the things that I found it interesting about this is, you know, when we when we think of like sex-driven uh, stories in horror, you know, if if you were a fan of like '90s horror, obviously you're thinking of like Species, and the most striking difference between Sill and the parasite in this movie is the fact that these parasites. You know, they get in, but once they find a host, they do not know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> Syl no. knows exactly what the game plan is. She's trying to get that seed and get the fuck out. But you have, like, that whole sequence between the couple and, you know, the, the guy's not feeling well. He's laying in bed uh, <laughs> and, you know, he, he wants to have sex with his wife and he's trying to make her feel bad about it because... You know, like, you know, you have to do your womanly duties or however the fuck you do it. Yeah, you're my wife. You have to make love to me. And then, you know, she, he, he tries to, you know, enact sexual intercourse. But, like, the guy's just completely clueless. He's like, well, well show me how. And then the, the part I love about that sequence is just, you know, the woman's like, oh, yeah, okay, hold on, honey, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me go to the bathroom. I, I need to put my contact lenses in. And sure enough, that is literally what she does. Like, the the fact hey. that she actually does that was... <laughs> like, I would never expect to see that in a horror movie where someone comes up with the excuse not to have sex and then actually <laughs> goes ahead and Work does that. I'm like, what? <laughs> that is not realistic by any stretch of the imagination. So it's, I was just flabbergasted. Yeah. Yeah, the woman. I thought for sure she was gonna leave, and then when she went in there, I was like, "Wait, oh my god!" (laughs) (laughs) I mean, very traumatized woman. That was insane. Mm -hmm. Ah, that's pretty good. 
But I, I hadn't noticed the the whole, like, the parasite doesn't know what to do. I guess I, I thought it was because he was sick that he was kind of not, not all with it. But that's kind of hilarious. I mean, I guess that, that thing's going to have to evolve a little more if it's going to want to be that productive. Yeah, you know, but, it's got to get, get programmed. Well, it, it ends well for the parasite, though. Let's be real. And I really like that ending. I mean, it's it was so... Um, you get that that sense of hopelessness at the very end. And well, first of all, I, I love that that feeling when a movie gives you that feeling, but only if it gives it to you in a little in a little slice. Mm-hmm. At the very end, here's your hopelessness. And you feel mm-hmm. hopelessness and you feel despair. And you know, small quantities, of course. And then the movie's over. You're like, great. I hate it when they serve it to you in big slabs from the beginning. And it's just nothing but hopelessness. It's just it's not enjoyable. So I, I I love that him like finally leaves the building because everybody's trying to leave the building. Nobody's successful. He finally gets out. He's he's, he's walking on grass. It's so exciting. And then the whole uh, people coming over the hill backlit and shit. And they're just more and more and more. At first, I thought that it was like other people from outside the building and maybe like they were the last ones infected, which would have been a cool twist if it was like, oh, we need help. Oh, we're fucked. But no, it was the same people from the apartment building mm-hmm. that somehow got out and then came back. I don't know. That was upsetting. They because knew of he- a lack of continuity. <laughs> they knew he was going to run away. Mm-hmm. There was the one left. And, and why was- are they so hot for him? There's so many other people to make out with. Well, they're, they're just hot for the people that are uninfected. Ah, mm-hmm. like regular zombies. The zombie, yeah. <laughs> that was the shot that very much felt like Dawn of the Dead as well, or Night yeah. of the Living Dead, uh, as they came over that hill, mm-hmm. staggering and uh, and kind of, it, you know, and it's funny because they would do the zombie thing where they would dogpile on somebody, but they'd be trying to kiss him instead of <laughs> eat him. It's kind of funny. I was like, oh, that's cute. They're trying to kiss him. <laughs> this might not be so bad. <laughs> oh, well, then that hopeless ending—it's—it's it's, there's a little bit of a, a that's not so bad. Like they're all happy in their cars, like they're enjoying themselves. Mm-hmm. They can still they're drive. Like, <laughs> they're not miserable like traditional zombies. They're—they're they're actually having sex and enjoying themselves. Well, that's only if that's like the your particular depravity is just to have sex, which is very you know straightforward, not even that depraved. But uh, how embarrassing if you like end up having like weirder instincts because you're just made a little different and wrong that i'd be so embarrassed i'm just saying they're like well we're all having sex but you know what's holly doing over there jesus tolly keep it what the fuck hey everybody look at this freak you know this is already what we're all sex zombies and i'm somehow doing something different <laughs> yeah they're in they're in a the hill scene i'm just like yeah that, that's not the city folk you know they're not they're not walking 12 and a half minutes you know, over to this complex just to see, like, what all the noise is, because they probably can't even hear it <laughs> off the island anyway. That's true. I wasn't thinking that far ahead. But then the second viewing, or fifth viewing, I realized, like, wait a minute. I know that. I know that actor. That was from before. In that one thing. In the in the room. So, yeah. Ah, good stuff. What was, uh, what was everybody's favorite... Uh, I guess they're not really any death scenes, right? I guess what's your favorite transformation scene? Oh boy, I have to. That's a hard one because so many of them deal with pedophilia. <laughs> yeah, so none of those, of course. <laughs> Unless yeah, you want to show red flagged. I know. The, I know they. He made a point of having all those. Uh, you know, whenever somebody who wasn't infected was attacked by the infected, it was always an aspect to it that was weird and uncomfortable in a mm-hmm. in a real way, not in a traditional like horror movie way. Like, oh no, he's being attacked. But like in the elevator, when that one, I forget if it's a woman or a man who gets attacked, but it's there's that young, like genuinely young, like ten or twelve year old girl. Oh yeah. The, and it's like the sex, and, and you know, again, bringing up the p word, but uh, it's like you know, it, they ha- it's like he makes that point of putting that in there where it's just like, oh yeah, this, this is not good. <laughs> this is not good. You know, I thought he he did shy away too from the potential. Uh, 
attack on on the main character too, mm-hmm. which which you know would involve like sexual violence on a man. And I was like, hey man, like pony yeah, up, but- man. <laughs> you know, because I mean, like there was a scene where he's looking for the parasite in the laundry chute or the garbage chute, right? And he meets like um, a maintenance man down there. And there's no like sexual tension. It it, it feels more like a fight. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. there's there's like the tiniest bit of I feel there should have been more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the the handyman shirt was like open and he sort of smiles a little bit. But yeah, I know. I don't know. It should have been a big smile. They and shot then... it away. Yeah, because yeah, I'm like, come on, make your, your main character as vulnerable as everybody else. And then there there was the one scene with the neighbors where it was a two men and they sort of take one step towards them. And then he kind of backs away. But you never see the real fear in his face of like, yeah, man, you might get raped. <laughs> I'm just saying that would have been intense and that would have been a good addition to the movie. <laughs> I I think probably the strangest addition to the movie, and this is nothing to actually do with any part of the plot. What is what is with the used pickle? Used pickle? In, in this movie. Well, like the guy takes a bite out of it and then he like hands it. Hands it off to the next person to eat, and I just thought that was really weird. Unless it's just like uh, aided What's into the it's it's earlier in a movie. Yeah, no, I know it's the two guys, the doctor and the other guy who's always in there with him, hanging out, and he's eating his lunch and having the doctor's having mm-hmm. the pickle, and the other guy wants the pickle, and then he's like, "Oh, it's used," even though he was sitting there eating it in front of him for the whole scene. <laughs> The hotel or the um, the building manager, you mean the 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 creepazoid? The doctor, and then there's that guy with the really low voice that he hangs out with at the hospital. Mm-hmm. You know the guy with the low voice. The other doctor. I I, I'm not sure what his name was or exactly. <laughs> we don't remember anybody's there. name. He was just there to basically have conversations with the main character. Oh yeah. So that he could get exposition, but I thought that yeah. it was he was also a doctor. Yeah, he was two doctors. But he had that, first, he, yeah, he was like surprised about the used pickle. And then there was like a whole bunch of scenes and then they came back to him and he still had that pickle. <laughs> and That's it, hilarious. It, in the context of the movie, it seemed like this was maybe an hour later or something, you know? <laughs> it's like, oh, I, 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 I don't get it. It's just like one of those random things that just sticks out for no apparent reason. Probably a Canadian thing. Like. <laughs> I don't know. So we, we we need to get uh, we need to get Josh on the phone. <laughs> Murder Moose. <laughs> Dial him uh, up. I, uh, maybe he'll be able to explain it. I really enjoyed the uh, the uh, older lady. Uh, I'm hungry for love scene. That was pretty great. Where she <laughs> takes down the waiter, particularly because she got all dolled up before that. So she got her sex parasite, and then she went home. And then she got all dolled up, and then she went out attacking. Mm-hmm. So, I will say I do think these are my favorite kind of zombies. <laughs> Hungry for love, zombies. Well, Holly, luckily for you, I know the perfect transition movie, <laughs> <laughs> which falls which falls in line with uh, with strippers. And uh, you know, we just we just talked about Asian cinema throughout the. Uh, all of January. <laughs> and this, of course, is coming out of Japan. Uh, there's this little franchise called Lust of the Dead. Whoa. Uh, which was, it's, came out in, like, 2012, I think. And there's, like, I can't remember how many movies. There's quite a few of them. But, uh, again, very perverse. I mean, the the alternate title is Rape Zombie. So that basically Ooh. tells you exactly... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know now that i think about i don't know would you rather have a zombie that eats your brain or rapes you? oh my god that's such a weird toss-up <laughs> uh, maybe it's not my favorite kind of zombies maybe it's my least favorite kind of zombie <laughs> i mean with these you're just gonna die mm-hmm. the more you know apparently there's five of them <laughs> there's five oh, different I- types of zombies no there's five less of the dead oh okay the more you know. I kind of wish there was five different types of zombies. I mean, there might be five <laughs> different kinds of zombies. There's love zombies. There's regular old zombies. There's fat zombies. Mm-hmm. There's slow zombies. Mm-hmm. And we're going to 
you list. know, there's there's zombies that you know take their time when they're making love, and then you know you got the uh, the, the, the twenty eight second man. And I don't know which is better. <laughs> What's that, John? Hungry for love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hungry for love. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's in all the wrong places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, shivers. We'll see, and of course, which ends. That, you know, it, this is going to be a weird horror movie connection, but I kept thinking, and, and actually maybe there's kind of a fear of sex aspect to this movie but the ending in the pool kept reminding me of the cat people movie the <laughs> when so, the girl jumps or the guy who is it the girl jumps in the pool and then the monster kind of walks around in the old 1940s cat people movie or yeah where the uh, main character is tur- maybe turns into a uh, sort of where cat and is stalking the this woman and she jumps in the pool and is sort of like in the pool to stay away from the monster and I, for some reason it just kept reminding me of that and making me think of that well, other... was the where cat um of um not into the water like averse to the water is that the whole point because mm-hmm. okay. cats are scared of water yeah ah okay all right i was kind of <laughs> Weird tangent. There was a lot of movies we could have picked for this month, and I there, well, we there's only four weeks, but yeah. um, I mean, we we could have we definitely could have picked. Um, I was really thinking about Jennifer's body, which I thought was pretty neat. Um, well, I I, we I, talked- I don't think anyone is scared of having sex with Jennifer Chick. Yeah, but then she's gonna <laughs> kill you afterwards, and you're like, I'm okay with that. I mean that. <laughs> I've lived a long life. <laughs> I, 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 I can think of 99% of the people I would ask you would be perfectly fine with that. <laughs> You're like, can I say goodbye to my parents first before my date? <laughs> Let me just have one last really big meal and then let's go mm-hmm. hang out with Jen. <laughs> yeah, and one of but the things was- too, like, because, you know, we do the phobia thing. You know, I wanted something love-based and I know we're friends mm-hmm. over... Uh, at that end, Santa Carla, we're doing like their Broken Hearts Month. So, like they're oh, doing yeah? their va- they're doing their Valentine's Month. Uh, they uh, they have Valentine to kick things off, which I just watched last night. Very underrated slasher still to this day. Uh, my bloody Val- Valentine. Valentine. Oh, yeah. That's a good movie. Yeah, That's yeah. A, yeah. It was basically one. '90s horror, but it was released in 2001, so it kind of like missed the boat on that front. Yeah. Uh, so what other movies are they doing? Because that's kind of cute. Okay, so they got Valentine. The week after that, My Bloody Valentine. Uh, the Loved Ones, which is fucking mm, fantastic. Really, I haven't seen that. Okay. That has one of my favorite female characters of any movie, regardless of genre. Because she's what's badass. the plot? Uh, it's kind of like I'm trying to think of what to compare it to it's similar it's similar to like the people under the stairs but she's like trying to find a prom date kind of I guess would be the best way to describe it but the chick is a psychopath Uh, then they're also doing Dracula to uh, to I like those movies (laughs) but yeah I mean like we thought uh, I know we also talked about Cabin Fever a little bit Mm -hmm. and we talked about um Species, although I—I I mean, I, I like Species a lot, but I feel like the movies that we picked were better than Species anyway. So I think I'm happy with our picks. I'm really excited. I mean, what's next? Bordello of Blood, and then we have uh, what's after that? The Entity. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, the Patreon pick. Yeah, Patreon pick on the twenty fourth is It Follows, which is another one that you and I had talked about doing, but we. We shuffled one of the picks around to make sure one of our patrons mm-hmm. got it. But I, I'm excited because I haven't seen Bordello of Blood for quite some time. And I'm pretty sure it's hidden shutter this week. Yay! So it's like perfect timing <laughs> on, uh, <laughs> on top of that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But, you know, it's just it's something different. And I, I thought just the timing of it with Valentine's Day coming up, you know, this was a perfect yeah. month to like kind of 
slipped this in and you know we we could have gone like the very <laughs> obvious route and done you know friday the 13th you know because there, there's plen yeah. plenty of kills uh regarding sex or even like hatchet uh ha oh, yeah. has one hell even even the, the movie i watched a couple weeks ago dream home has a great sex kill in it <laughs> which one dream home dream home yeah it's on shutter it's a hong kong slasher Oh, okay. I think you told me about that one before. Yes, okay. I did. It's a, it's the one with the the blood splatter on the back. Oh, all right. <laughs> which is all you, which which is all you need to know to to check out the movie. But it's it's pretty good. But I'm excited. This should be a very good month across the board. And you know, we we have some movies that really aren't talked about a whole lot in uh, in the mm -hmm. podcast scene, which I'm excited for. I feel like I've seen Entity uh, a long time ago, like when I was either in my 20s or in my teens. So I'm really excited to see that movie again. I remember being really impressed by it the first time, but this was many moons ago. So I don't know if I'm still going to feel the same way about it. Bordello of Blood, that's just going to be fun. So I'm excited about that. And then uh, It Follows, that's a solid-ass movie. You know, it's it's good. I'm into it. Yeah, you know, it's been since uh, Thanksgiving, since we've had a Scooby-Doo horror movie. And it follows just one of them that falls into that subgenre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with with the antics of how they're going to capture it. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm also excited to see how many more Cronenberg movies we can squeeze into <laughs> into this podcast. Because <laughs> I love them. I love the man. He's so great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and even uh, even his isn't it his kid who's mm -hmm. now making movies and. Um, what was I saw that one. I'm blanking on the name. That was Possessor. Yeah, Possessor. Mm -hmm. that was, oh, that good. was it. Yeah. Damn. Good movie. Mm -hmm. That was trippy, too. That was kind of cool. Definitely. Yes, huh. definitely one of those uh, mindfuck type movies. Those are always fun. Absolutely. So, uh, so yeah, that's what we got coming up the rest of the month here on Hand of Whiskey. Should be a good time. Uh, again, you know, like, obviously a lot of big stuff happening this month across the board, too, with horror releases. You know, we pre-show, we were talking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, drop-in on Netflix February 18th. Uh, just as a reminder, we are also doing, like, our Thursday watch parties over on Stream Lounge. Uh, Thursdays is also the day that, you know, we release this podcast. So, you know, by the time you're listening to this, uh, it's probably going to be stream time. Uh, but Thursdays, 8 p.m. Pacific time on streamlounge.io. And tomorrow, which will be Thursday because we record Wednesdays, uh, we're uh -huh. doing Under the Shadow, which is in Iranian Ooh. horror <gasps> film, which is pretty, pretty interesting because it's, uh, Jin base, which I I, I I always like different cultural approaches to the genre to see mm -hmm. what they're breeding. And it has one of the more unique blanket scenes that I've <gasps> seen in any movie. Oh, that's a that's a tall order. There's a lot of blanket scenes. That that, that is also true, and some of them we talked about here this past month. Well I'm I'm bummed I won't be there tomorrow, but uh, I'm definitely coming as soon as I can. Well, luckily, Holly, you know, there's these scenes called uh, past broadcasts on Stream Lounge. So if yeah! you're not able to make it live, uh, you can still catch the the VOD. That's all, amazing. All the commentary. So, so yeah, you can check that out, too. Uh, you know, I had a good time last week when we watched Raw, which, you know, I still love. Uh, and mm -hmm. just, you know, talking about little tidbits about the movie uh, as we watch it is always interesting. And the, the one scene... That, you know, I, I find the most interesting is when uh, Julia is, like, looking for meat to eat out of the refrigerator. And, you, you know, you have, like, the backlight of the fridge and she's pulling out raw chicken. But the thing she's actually eating is sugar. And it made her swear off candy for the rest of her life after that experience. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Was it, like, corn syrup or something? I, I, I don't know the extent, but it kind of reminded me of kind of, like, the uh, the heart gummy for, like, Game of Thrones. <laughs> nice, nice. Which Neat. is another thing. So, yeah. Go go check us out on Stream Lounge. And I know the conjecturing is uh, have a nerve watch party on Saturday 
uh, at 8 p.m. PT. I want to say they're doing 28 days later for theirs. So their month is kind of revolving around HBO Max. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of, uh, you know, we're all over the place, but that's the way we like it. Yeah. <laughs> so with that being said, I think uh, we are wrap the show up for tonight. So if you guys are looking yeah. to contact the show, of course, you can do so a couple of different ways. You can find us uh, on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok at uh, Handle with Scare. We have our Patreon page tiers starting at just $1 a month at patreon.com slash handle with scare. And of course, you know, if you pledge, you can pick out a phobia or have one of our movie selections or whatever phobia we are talking about. So go check that out. Uh, but, you know, for now, that will do it for us here tonight. So, Holly, John, thank you again so much for being here tonight. It's been a blast. Uh, I'm sure it'll be one of more Cronenberg movies to come because, you know, we, we, we love this man and just the body horror elements. And, and, you know, we didn't we didn't have any chest vaginas in this one like we do with Videodrome. But you kind of saw the rough draft of it. Yeah. With the chest well, that, cavity. Yeah. So, you know, we, we got a, we got a little snippet. There was a stomach hole that had dry <laughs> ice smoke coming out. Mm-hmm. Oh, uncivilized. We're talking about chest vaginas. Yeah. <laughs> it's more like a stomach butthole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. And on that note, we will see you back next week. You guys take care and we'll see you then. Good night. Good night.